Welcome to the God Put Me Up On Game podcast with Kristen R. Harris, where God shares all the good game because he wants you to win. This is the podcast for winners. Hey, winners, what's going on? Happy July. It is the first day of July. It is officially summertime. It's been summer for quite a few weeks now, but now that we are in July, I know that it's the real deal summertime. So listen, I am taking a break. I am going on a summer break for the month of July, but guess what? I refuse to leave you without any weekly episodes. And so I have a special treat for you this month of July. I have gone and found some podcast episodes that I appeared on as a guest. Um, All of these hosts, they are amazing. And I know you're going to love these shows. I pray that when you get done listening, you go and find their podcast because I was on their show because I love them as hosts. I love their shows and I know that you will too. So up first today is a podcast that was originally recorded on January the 31st, 2017. I think it may have been my very first guest appearance on a podcast, but it is Rashawn Ali's. Any of you guys who watch the Sister Circle, you're familiar with her. She is one of the hosts on the Sister Circle, but I was on her podcast back in January of 2017, her Cool Soror podcast. Listen, guys, you want to get into this episode because I share all of my business. I I just laid it all out. I mean, I as I listen back now, I was like, oh my goodness, you really bared your bones on this episode. So get into it. I hope you guys love it. And remember, God wants you to win, guys. So he puts us up on that good, good game. I'll see you back next week. Bye. Hey, 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 welcome to another episode of the Cool Sobra podcast. And today you will truly be inspired and enlightened by Kristen Harris, who is a cool soror of Delta Sigma Theta. She's a Chicago native. So this interview is via Skype, but I am truly, truly honored to uh, interview this sister who has been through so much, but is able to garner so much strength from her past and now is truly living a life fulfilled. You are going to love this story. Um, She is an amazing woman and you will hear why in this episode for I Know the Reason with Kristen Harris. Enjoy. You know you gotta be a cool soror to talk to the cool soror herself. I'm a cool soror. Hey y'all. I'm a cool soror of What's up, y'all? I'm a cool soror of... Hi, I am a cool soror of... It's the Cool Soror Podcast, hosted by me, Rashawn Ali. Welcome to the Cool Soror Podcast. And today, joining us via Skype is Kristen R. Harris. I'm so happy she is a part of the Cool Soror Podcast. Welcome to the show, Kristen. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I am so very honored to have you on the show today. And Kristen, you are a cool soror of? Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. And you join us from Chicago. 
Yeah, Chi Town, where it goes down. Where it goes down. <laughs> What's the weather like there today? You know what? Today it's like forty, maybe. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's it's actually pretty unseasonably warm in Chicago. For the last couple of weeks, it's been fifties. Okay. So I'm, yeah, yeah, we're excited about that. <laughs> yeah, you're all good. You're all good. I've got family in Chicago, so um, I've been there when it's like been negative. So, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, a girl from Chicago, how did you find your way to Alabama A and M University? I know I'm gonna jump right into that. How did you make your way down south? You know what? Um, when I was getting ready to graduate from high school, uh, my mom and I, we were like you know, at each other's throats almost every day. And I just wanted to go far away. I wanted, I knew I wanted to go to an HBCU okay. and I knew I wanted to go far. And so, um, I originally was going to Florida A&M. Oh yes. But, yes. But that was so far. And I was like, if I get down there, can I get home at all? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I was so afraid. And actually my freshman year, I started at Alabama state university. Oh, wow. Yeah, and um, and that just happened. A friend of mine, we were in high school together, and she's like, "Well, where are you going to school?" And I'm like, "I don't know. Where are you going?" And she's like, "Well, I'm going to Alabama State because her brother had gone to Alabama State." Mm -hmm. And she's like, "You should come there and be my roommate." And I said, oh, "Okay." And you know, when I think back on that, that was just so stupid. Just, <laughs> just to be somebody's how I made roommate. My college decision, you know. <laughs> so I went there and. I didn't like it. Okay. And I was actually on my way home. I was going to come back to Chicago my sophomore year. But in the midst of that, um, a guy that I was dating, well, I had known back home, we started a relationship my freshman year of school, and he was at Alabama A&M. Oh, gosh. And so he's like, well, come here and check it out. And I also had a best friend at the time that was there. So I said, okay. And I, I went to A&M, and I, I fell in love, and I stayed there. And yeah. the rest is history. The rest yeah. is history. Well, let's go back um, to Chicago. I just wanted to, to jump right into the whole Alabama A&M, and we'll go back there as well. Um, but, you know, in, your, in the research that I've done, you talked about things that were meant to destroy you. I mean, even from mm -hmm. the very beginning, you talked about your mother and how you wanted to get away from her. And you, there were several reasons why you wanted to. Um, and one of those reasons is that both of your parents uh, were, were drug addicts, functional drug addicts. Yes. How were you able to make it being that you grew up in a home that was meant to destroy you? You know, I think... I, you know, I don't want to sound so deep, but it, it, it really was just the grace of God. You know, um, when I look back, I've always been so mature and I didn't even realize that I, I had all those characteristics back then. But I even I had a younger sister. She's five years younger than me. And I just kind of took on the, the mother role in her life. My parents were very highly functioning. Right. Had very highly functioning. They had great jobs. Um, but the problem is that when it did hit hard and it finally came to a screeching halt, things were bad. Okay. And, but up until that time, we, we had a great life. We, we were like upper middle class. We lived, we weren't in the city of Chicago mm -hmm. at that time. We were living in um, Northwest Indiana. There weren't a lot of African-Americans. I, I can remember being one of three blacks in my school. Wow. And, um, you know, people, my, all my family thought we were rich, you know, because <laughs> we just lived, but my but I knew what went on behind closed doors. And so it exposed me to so much at such a young age. But again, I just really think it was the grace of God that, you know, brought me out and all those situations really 
developed me into the woman that I am today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, uh, you go in depth about how you would see your mother's eyes bulging and your, Mm -hmm. your, your father, stepfather pacing to the window because being high uh, on drugs. And uh, that had to be very hard to witness. It was, you know, yeah, you know, when I was younger, very young, I didn't really understand. But of course, as I'm getting older, I'm now like, eight, nine, 10, 11. And I've always been very smart. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, something isn't right. What's going on. And then I, I think at some, some points I would even see like drug paraphernalia, you know, that they, they would forget to put away because they were, again, my mom is exceptionally smart. And so, you know, she, she knew better, you know, it wasn't like we were living in a crack house, (laughs) you know, so, um, but sometimes they, they would be careless and leave something out. And I was like, man, I can't believe, you know, this is my reality, but Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's fast forward. I mean, you said because you wanted to escape, you found yourself finding love in other places. Absolutely. Yeah. With, with, uh, being, you know, being young and, and, and losing your virginity at a very young age. Um, mm-hmm. How were you able to, or, or, well, tell me about some of those experiences and trying to find love in other places. Um, well, yeah, I, I, I lost my virginity at a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, and I, I ran to boys. And, and part of that was, I don't know, I, I shared this in my story too. You know, I was a victim of, a, a mild sexual assault case. Nothing mild a, about it. Nothing mild about <laughs> it. Yeah. You know, I, I always try, you know, and someone else told me that, like, stop downplaying it. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to say, you know, I wasn't raped, but, you know, there was, it was definitely some uncomfortable and very inappropriate behavior right. from a family member. And so I think that also kind of opened up me to a whole new set of demons that yeah, yeah. I just was not ready for at that age. And so I would, you know, just to escape the reality of what was going on in my home, I would run out. And of course, at that time, you know, boys, they're they're just trying to have sex with you, you know, no one's trying to be in a relationship, but I'm just looking. And and my father was very much in my life. And I think you mentioned earlier, my stepfather, he was my stepfather, um, but he was in my life since I was, as long as I can remember, Mm -hmm. I didn't find out that he wasn't my dad until I was 10 years old. Oh man. Yeah. And so, um, he, he's been there every step of the way. And so I, he was loving on me. My mom was loving on me, but I still was like, you know, I got to escape this, this, this environment that you all are creating because, and I never said anything to them about it. And I think in their mind, they thought that they were concealing it so well. Uh Yeah. So I, you know, so I ran out and, and I kind of just ran the boys and, um, that was my escape. So yeah, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad you survived it. <laughs> Thank you. Me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, let's let's fast forward just a little bit. When you did go to college, I know that you know you had some some trying times in high school where you didn't think you were going to make it out. What pushed you to to make it out? You said your mom actually influenced you to 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 get back on track. How did yeah, that? You know, yeah, she did. Well, well, one was because I grew up in, you know, an environment where I had parents who were on drugs, I was very determined not to be that person and to give, you know, my children when I had them, you know, a a very normal life. Um, But the other thing was, like I said, my mom is very intelligent, very educated. And so, you know, she was so smart. I I wanted to be like her. So I didn't want to be like her, but I did want to be like her. That makes any sense. 
And so I, you know, and then the other thing is that she mildly threatened me because I started to um, slip off in high school. I will never forget. I got an F. I had never, I had been an A, A, B student my entire life. And I got an F in high school Mm -hmm. and my mother threatened me. Like threatened my life, like I had because at the end of the day, she may have been on drugs, but she was still very much a traditional black mama. Okay, yeah, yeah. so you know, I still had to respect her. It didn't matter what was going on; I still respected her, you know. And she still put her foot down when she needed to. So that was, you know, the other the, the threatening influence. Yeah, <laughs> that, like you're going to get it together, you're getting out of here, you're going to college, and you're going to make something of yourself. So yeah. So, so when did things change for your parents? How how are they doing now? Um, well, they're, they're both doing great. Oh, great. My mom, yes. Yeah, so I think my dad, he kind of worked through his issues on his, cause he, he actually lives in Georgia now. So oh, okay. He, yeah. He's right outside of Atlanta. My mom, I, she got clean after being on drugs for 25 years. Oh, goodness. Um, and it was, I, I would never forget. And that everything works together. You know, God is so intentional about how he orchestrates things. And Absolutely. so when I graduated in 2003, I did not want to come home because mm-hmm. again, I felt like I was coming back to that life. And I, I, and I had felt, I had fallen in love with the South. I really wanted to stay South. And, um, I will never forget. I was applying to all these jobs and I had one in the bank because my background is an engineer. Yeah. Yeah. And I had, um, with Norfolk Southern, this woman had recruited me. I had a job. I thought it, everything was good to go. And I was going to be coming to Atlanta and, one day out of the blue, like the woman just fell off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. I was calling the company. I couldn't find her. I'm just like, what happened? What happened? Yeah. And I had to pack up and come home because I didn't have any job. So I had to come home. And that was so key though, because I needed to be here for what was about to happen. Okay. And so I came here and by this time, my sister, she's on her way to college. So we switched places. She went to Alabama and nice. I came back home <laughs> And, um, my mom, it was one point, I think, you know, she didn't have any money. And I, I, I remember, I think it was her gas was cut off, but I refused to help her because it's like, I just felt something in my spirit. Like this is going to be the time. Sometimes you can't save people. You got to let them hit bottom so that they have no choice, but to come back up. Right. And I'll never forget her gas was off and we were sitting in her, the kitchen of her home and she was cooking like a burger on her George Foreman grill. Cause she didn't have any gas to cook. Uh-huh. And, um, she just looked at me and she tears in her eyes and she said, I can't do this anymore. So I thought she was talking about, you know, cooking her burger on the George Foreman right, grill. Right. Right. <laughs> Like, well, you got to because you don't have any gas. And she said, no, I, I got to get off these drugs. Mm-hmm. And so I basically. Um, can you see me? Yeah. OK, I see you now. Okay? Right. I, I didn't have the video on. I'm sorry. I was like, I can see her, but she can't see me. OK. Hey, it's, beautiful. Hi, pretty lady. <laughs> <laughs> All but, right. Um, she looked at me and, and at, at that moment, I knew that it was time. And I got on the phone immediately and made a call to the Women's Treatment Center. Wow. And we got her in. Wow. And that, the rest was history. Man, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. So she's been doing well ever since. Yeah, she's doing amazing. She actually runs a catering business. My mom has always been a phenomenal cook. And uh-huh. so 
once she got clean, um, we launched her business. And so she's good, doing amazing. Good, good, good. That's so awesome. That's that's great to hear. And I know that you are, you know, there to, to continue to encourage her in those times. You know, that's great. I'm just, that's I love to hear that type of story. All right, let's talk more about you and your success and all of the wonderful things that you've been um able to do a civil engineering degree from Alabama A&M University. And yeah. you, you did work in corporate for some time uh, doing uh, project management, project engineering for the United States Army Corps of Engineers and also yes. for the city of Chicago. Uh, mm-hmm. But now you call yourself a women's empowerment coach. But take me back there first and then okay. we'll get to where you are now. Well, I came, like, so I got home and I got a job right away when I got here. That's how I knew that I was supposed to be back in Chicago. Uh-huh. And um, I was working with the Army Corps of Engineers. And it was a great job, but it just wasn't great for me. I got you. And so I stuck it out for five years. Um, but every day, like Sunday, I would get anxiety because I had to go to work on Monday. Yeah. And one day my husband was finally like, why don't you just quit? And when he said that, I was like, yes, okay, okay. I, I finally got the out. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. And so at that time, I by that time, I had two girls. Mm-hmm. I had two children at that point. My youngest, she was a few months old. And so I left and I stayed. with her for a couple of years but then I was like okay I need my engineering check back again yeah <laughs> because this is different those, yeah you missed those checks I'm sure <laughs> yeah yeah and so I went back to work um and I, I forgot to mention while I was working with the Army Corps a, a friend of mine we launched an online shoe store yeah so I was doing that and then um we decided that we like to buy shoes more than we actually like to sell them so it wasn't really a good idea okay. <laughs> so that went away but um I I spent some time off with my youngest daughter and then I went back to work with the um with the city of Chicago well I was actually working as a contractor for the city of Chicago okay and um I stayed there for I think it was two years and then I got pregnant again okay. with my youngest daughter. Okay. And um, so I was off on maternity leave. And while I was off, we found out that she was sick. She was a couple of months old and okay. she had a huge hole in her heart. Oh, no. That, yeah, it was going to require open heart surgery. So I will never forget the day that the, the cardiologist confirmed that we were indeed going to have to have surgery. I was walking in my house. My house phone was ringing. I answered the phone and it's my supervisor from work. And she says, Oh, you know, you've overextended your FMLA by a couple of days. Mm. We don't have a, we don't have a position for you anymore. Oh my! And so in that moment, I was like, okay, you know, I really couldn't even deal with it. And it, it now I look back, it was a blessing in disguise yeah. because there's no way I would have been able to manage dealing with my baby and going to work. And I probably would have ended up fired anyway. Yeah. But, this way I was able to leave with some stuff. I left with a, a severance package and unemployment and benefits and all that type of thing. So it was a blessing. Yeah. But yeah, that was pretty much my, and so after that, I never went back to work. Okay. I, um, we, we had a, a very up and down year with Kai. That's my youngest daughter, the mm-hmm. first year of her life. And so that August of the following year, when she was turning one, we had a huge party. Oh, oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, that following week, my cousin was having a baby shower and I was in charge of games and favors and everything, but I dropped the ball because I had been so, 
you know, into my do- my own child's party. Mm-hmm. And the night before her baby shower, I made some pretzels, mm-hmm. some chocolate covered pretzels because I had, I needed a last minute favor. Yeah. And these pretzels, I look back on them, they look horrible. Right. <laughs> but they tasted amazing. And everyone was like, you need to sell these. And so you don't tell that to someone who doesn't have a job and, and who has a hustler spirit. Right, so- <laughs> right. <laughs> out there, I put them on Instagram and people were like, I need them for this, that, and a baby shower, bridal shower. And that was the birth of my company, Pizzazz Plus. What? Yeah, that's how it happened. And I didn't even know that I had that type of talent. And so because I'm a perfectionist, I got on, I, I tell everyone I graduated from YouTube University. Come so on, YouTube. on YouTube. Yes, I love YouTube. YouTube is everything, okay? Yes, I mean, I mean, it's a wealth of free information it on there. It is. So I learned how to make cake pops, chocolate covered Oreos, dip strawberries and my stuff was beautiful and I had no idea. And so by December of that year, I was shipping stuff all over the country. Man, really? Yeah. So that's one of several businesses that you have. Are you still doing pizzazz? Um, plus? You know what? I'm slowing down on pizzazz. It's so funny. I was just having a conversation today because a young lady wants me to do something for her for a prom coming up in May. And I'm like, uh, I can't commit to that. Right. Pizzazz is so time consuming and it was never meant to be the destination. It was just, a, you know, somewhere along the journey. Yeah. And so I, I'm kind of slowing down now. I, I tell everyone I retired from pizzazz. I, I'll keep it in my back pocket for my own kids. Oh, yeah. So their parties, so, so their parties can be all, oh, you went, to, you went to Kai birthday party? <laughs> Chocolate cover pretzels? You know, you want to be that mama. I said, you showing out, girl. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I take it Kai is doing very well. Oh, Kai is amazing. She's four now. Okay. She's, she's, a, she's at school right now. So awesome. she's doing amazing. She can talk you under the table. Oh my okay. goodness. <laughs> yeah, so you, the only reason you know that she's ever been through anything is because she has the scar going down her chest. Okay. And so that's the only thing. And if you, she'll even show you, she's very proud of it. I've taught her. So she'll say, you know, I had a broken heart, but God and the doctors fixed it. Oh, so. that's sweet. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, okay, and I love how you said that you are a a figurative midwife. Yes, yes. Helping I women help, get unstuck. Yes, I help women birth dreams. Yes. We're actually right in the, um, I just started a new birthing plan program a couple of weeks ago. So uh-huh. there's 12 women in this program. It's a very intensive four-month program where they they have basically brought to me what they're pregnant with, you know, because okay. one of the, the, the questions I get all the time is Chris, you know, I want to write a book. I want to start a business, but I just don't know how I know it's in me, but I can't get it out. Yeah. And so I'm acting as the midwife. Let me show you my blueprint, what I've done. Let me help you get unstuck. And so the program is broken up into four sections. It's the prenatal first, second, and third trimester. Love it. Yes. And so the, the prenatal, that deals with all the behaviors we got to get rid of that are detrimental to pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you're trying to get pregnant, but you're talking yourself out of it. You got self-doubt. You're, you're afraid. You procrastinate, all those things. So we deal with all that in the first one. And then we get into the first trimester and all the way until the end when they birth. And so they'll be finished with their program at the end of April and we'll have a sip and see. And that's when everyone will show up and present these babies. So they have to do the work because I told them, you can write a book. You have four months. You can write a book. Absolutely. We can have have the physical copy and you can show it to them. You can launch this business. I have some people that are trying to launch online boutiques. 
Um, a couple of people who are trying to do some nonprofit stuff. So at the Sip and See in April, they'll present their babies to the world. That is fantastic. And so how many, so you just started this, is this your first class you said? Yeah. So this is the first one. And actually I, they're, they were able to get in on this one for free. So they didn't have to pay anything. So yeah, so we're birthing and we meet in person last night. They had a webinar. So they, they get webinars with experts. Um, you know, I think last night was the legal webinar. The woman told them everything, you know, that they need for the legal part. And so they'll be ready in April to, yeah so this will be your you know this is your guinea pig crew so you can you can be like yeah you package this thing up and say now this ladies is now one thousand dollars no you know (laughs) you know you got that hustle girl Absolutely. yes yes you know i had a chance to read an excerpt of uh your newest publication queen's turn pain into power uh and it's funny how well not funny but how you've already given that to your daughter how you showed her the scar you said that god and the doctor fixed it like you're you're telling her like you turned your pain into power and now you're doing that same thing with so many other women through their stories can you tell us a little bit more about that and 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 about your story the excerpt that i read Okay, yeah, so Queen's Turn Pain into Power, that's actually a collaborative effort. Um, Lanice Williams, I don't know if you know her, she's there in Atlanta with okay. you. Okay. But she um, she's the one who brought all these women together and they have some, we all have some amazing stories. Everyone is very different, but everyone basically had a story of pain that they took and flipped it around and they're all now entrepreneurs and making it happen for themselves. My story it's probably the most unique story in the book. When I finally read the book, I was like, uh, Chris, you told a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My, my, but that's just who I am. I'm very transparent because that's what people can grow from. Absolutely. And so, um, in my story, I really go back all the way to the beginning and I tell, you know, I talk about my childhood, some of the things I've already talked about. I even go into, Um, when I was in college and I almost went to prison. I don't know. Did you get that excerpt? No, I just got (laughs) the family friend, the family, the family relative person. What do you mean going to prison? What happened? Uh Uh-uh, do do tell, darling. (laughs) You said, oh, you got to tell that part. Yeah, so. um, She did the smack. She did the smack. She had to get that (laughs) Go ahead. Right. Um, So, rewind back to, like I said, we were living a very... Um, affluent life, I would say. Mm-hmm. And then my mom lost her job. She was laid off. And so we ended up having to move back to the city, back to Chicago. And we were staying with some family members. I think my, my, my mom's mom, then my dad's mom, we were kind of just bouncing all over the place. And so at this time, you know, money wasn't flowing like it had used, you know, used to flow. Mm-hmm. And so by this time I'm in high school and I went to a very, um, affluent and bougie high school. Okay. And so everyone is dressed nice. They got all the name brands, but I don't have that Mm -hmm. because we can't afford that anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I was kind of resentful to my mom that she made me go to this school because I'm like, you know, you could have sent me to, you know, the little neighborhood school where (laughs) where they're not doing all this. So when I got to college, an opportunity presented itself where um, I basically got involved with some credit card fraud. Got it. And I tell people all the time today that a lot of the the rules that are in place now are probably a result of me. Because... (laughs) 
<laughs> again, I've always been smart. So I was the brains behind the operation. What? And we had done so much. And I won't go into it because I don't like to incriminate other people. But right. we did so much. But I was the one that got caught. And rightfully so because I You were the ringleader. I was the brains. Yeah. And so um, I was facing 10 years in prison. So how did you get out of that? Oh, again, God, God. that's all I can say. It, yeah. it was God, look, look, I got a plan for your life, girl, and you cannot go to prison. So I, my grandfather at the time, he just passed away, but he was living in Denver, and he had a lot of connections in Alabama. So he hooked me up with one of his frat brothers, mm-hmm. who was an excellent attorney in Huntsville. Wow. And we went to court, and he basically, my record doesn't even exist. Wow, you got everything expunged? Is that what you call it? Yeah, so, well, <laughs> at the time, mine is sealed. My record is sealed. It's oh, not okay. expunged, but it's sealed. So, no, the only person that was able to find it was the United States government when I started my job, of when course. I got back. So they brought me in the office and said, we found out that you were arrested for credit card fraud. Oh, my. And I said, oh, you know, I couldn't deny it. I said, yeah, that happened. And again, by the grace of God, you know what these people told me? What they said? You know what? You were young and we understand that things happen when you're young. So we're just going to, you know, we're not firing you. Just make sure you're careful. Because I had a company credit card at the time. Okay. So, you know, just be very responsible with your credit card. And, wow. And they sent me back to my desk. My God. I mean, <laughs> you talk about, I know your heart was beating fast. You were sweating. It was. I was like, oh my God. You know, and then just to know that someone had found so, but that that let me know that there's nothing that can get past the United States government. Right. So I mean, regardless of what seal they can get to it. Man, so. my goodness, my goodness. Well, you've been Lord Jesus. Okay, we we just that's all we got to say is Lord Jesus. But now, which I'm very interested in, um, empower moments, empower moments for the everyday mom. Now, yeah. it's been named a top three uh, new bestseller in the Christian devotional section on Amazon. Why did you decide to do that? Because that came from Empower Moments, and then you did a program in in Chicago, and now this. What made you write Mm -hmm. that book? You know what? Um, I shared so much of what I deal with with my daughters and the relationship that I had with my mom. Okay. Because, you know, and the relationship that I have with my mom is so key because we've kind of been – all around the world and back and we're best friends now like you know i talk to my mom every single day um and so i shared so much of my story in the book well everything i wrote is me i told you i'm very open very transparent everything that happened in this book is it either happened with me and my mom or me and my children and so i just use that as a way to empower other moms like you're not in this alone oh gosh I talk very candidly about the times when I was trying to figure out what we were going to eat. You know, I had $5 in my pocket and I was happy that Wendy's had a four for four menu so that everyone could get something on that menu, you know? So it's, you know, everything that you're going through, we've all experienced it. You're not alone. Mm -hmm. And this is how it helped me. And this is how, you know, God can help you through this. And so it's a 31 day journey where you just, it, it, it touches on so much. It starts with the woman herself, you know, why she needs this. Then it goes into her relationship with God. Then it deals with um, her and her children. How can you help your children? And, Man, yeah. you know, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I got to 
I got to make sure I support you in that effort because, yeah, it is it, it, it can be difficult. Like last night I was like, y'all just go to bed. I mean, like <laughs> I am sleepy. So I want you to go to bed so that I can, so go, to I bed. can go to bed. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're, I woke up I'm like, was that mean? What I did? Yeah. You know, and you always know. question. And, and yeah. then you feel bad. Right. Yeah. You're like, I should have said that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> constant. It's a constant walk. It's a constant journey. So I'm glad that you uh, are sharing that with so many other women. All right now, so in 2001, you became a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority. Now, did you choose Delta or did Delta Sigma Theta choose you? You know, I'll have to say it probably was a little bit of both. Um, I come, my my aunt, my mom's sister, she's okay. a Delta. Okay. So I, I didn't really have much of a choice. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, she's like... <laughs> If you're coming home with any letters, right. these are the ones that they should be, or don't come home with any at all. I got you. And so, um, but I never really had a desire for anything else. But it's so interesting. I always tell this story. Um, right before it was time for Rush, I will never forget this. Um, and it didn't happen this way because I wanted it to, but I think it was just meant to happen. So I didn't, like I said, when I went to AM, I stayed with my boyfriend. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, my, yeah, so my mom and dad, they, they took me to Huntsville. They moved me into my dorm. And when they left, I moved out of my dorm into an apartment with my boyfriend. <laughs> you just you were trying to mess up. You were trying. You pushed failure to its limits. Like, let me go ahead and walk into this failure. But you know what? But you know what? I performed, though, because right. I had straight. I had to because they knew I was going there with a the man. So I got straight A's. Okay, gotcha. So anyway, I... um. So I didn't really know people on campus because I went to class and I came home. Mm-hmm. And so you know how it is. You got to kind of know some people when you want to get into the organization. Absolutely, yeah. And so I will never forget um, a friend of my husband's, because all of his friends were my friends, his um, his house caught on fire. Uh-huh. And I went over to the to the house to help them move out, move things out mm-hmm. that were, you know, that, that were still salvageable. And his girlfriend was a Delta. Uh-huh. And so when I showed up, she said, I remember you. You came over to the house to help us move. Oh. I said, yeah. And so that was kind of my ticket in. So I was like, Delta chose me. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I had the grades. I had a 3.9 GPA. Oh, nice. You know, I had my community service. I had all that, but I still needed somebody to, you know, to, to vouch, vouch for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, again, I, I, I'm very adamant about God orchestrates everything in my life. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, what better way? Like, <laughs> you can, how can she go in there and hate on you? Like, mm. She right. she didn't pick up the towels though when she came to the house when the house is burning like she couldn't even hate on you. <laughs> so good. So you're number twenty four, and that's that's funny. The, the chapter is Delta Delta. Y'all y'all triple Delta down there, ain't you? Yeah, Delta Delta. The chapter so nice they named it twice. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> lie. You know I gotta show you love on that one. That's good. That's good. So number twenty four. Are you really cl- are you still close to a lot of your line sisters? We are. So there's twenty nine of us. Okay. And um. We we have like a group chat. Of course, there's like you know the groups of threes for whatever oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, threes, of course, yeah. you know. So there's there's the three close ones here, three close ones there. But one thing I can say about my line is that whenever we need each other, whenever there's a tragedy, someone has lost a child, wow. we come together. When someone loses a parent, I have a line that she just lost her dad a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. We we come together and we and we make it happen for that person. Yeah. So, 
you know, we may not talk every day, but we're still so tight and we're yeah. very close to that. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So um, are you you're not in the current chapter, but I'm encouraging you to be yes, active. Yes, ma'am. I just told a friend of mine, I said, you know what? This this is the year. I'm getting back active this year because, you know, I yeah. just need to. You got to do that. You got to do that. So what's your spiritual life like? I mean, you've talked about God so much and how he's continued to cover you from the very beginning he knew what you know god destines our lives and and everything like that and what is your spiritual walk like every single day what do you do every single day well i pray constantly when i tell you i talk to god i I talk to him just like i'm talking to you Mm -hmm. it's just normal conversation i don't get in behind the veil and get on my knees and (laughs) cover myself in a sheet i don't do any of that i just talk to him every single day i try to get in try to study my word as much as I can. I'm not as uh, consistent as I need to be with that. Oh, I know. (laughs) Right. I'm trying to do better. You know, I need to wake up earlier in the morning so that I can really, you know, spend that time with him. But I just invite God into every area of my life. Right. I, I need you, especially, you know, running these businesses. I don't have a blueprint. I don't have someone who went before me to do this. I don't have parents who have done this before. And so I tell people, I literally wake up every morning like, okay, God, what should I do today? Oh, you that's know, good. What, show me what to do because my plans don't mean anything. Right. You know, yeah. tell me what to do. Even when, you know, when I got your email back, I say, God, this is an opportunity. What do you want me to share? Wow. You know, tell me what to say. Yeah. And that's how I approach everything. Right. So when you ask God what did he want you to share during our interview, what did he reveal to you? You know what he said? I want you to just really focus and tell the people that life is about figuring out why I created them. Ooh. Why Why did I create you? Because when you figure out your purpose, one, you'll have so much peace. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so many of us are out here chasing money. But I like to say pursue purpose and paychecks and profits will follow. Man, come on. <laughs> The thing about it is when you figure out why God created you, you should live every waking moment trying to do that thing, living life on purpose. And if you don't, to me, you're you're really being disrespectful to him because your life is not your own. Yes. We were all created to do something. And when you figure that thing out, it is the most liberating thing ever to know why you were created. Yes, yes. And so that's why I, I I understand I was made to to help women, to empower women. And when I figured that thing out, nothing else that I was doing was going to quench that. Yeah. I, I had to live life on purpose. Yeah. And so I'm really excited that, you know, I figured out what I'm supposed to be doing. And just a side note, I know a lot of people are like, you know, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I actually have a free ebook that they can download. Go tell, Kristen, do tell. KristenRHarris.net. There's a free ebook. It's a five steps to finding your purpose. Why am I here? Go download that. If you really are struggling with, you know, why did God create me? What am I supposed to be doing with my life? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. So how many things do you have available to the Cool Sore <laughs> Collective? I mean, you I mean, the things that I've, I've mentioned. I mean, yeah. Tell everybody about that. Okay, so of course, there are the books, Empower Moments for the Everyday Mom and Queens Turn Pain into Power. You can find both of those on Amazon or on my website. You can also, I'm the one that got away. See my shirt? Oh, I'm the one that got away. Yes, 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 yes. 
that is a women's empowerment movement designed to empower women to become the best that they can possibly be. And so, of course, when you hear I'm the one that got away, you immediately go to relationships. Sure but we do. all have gotten away from something. Yes. Whether it's a bad job, illness. I have one lady she wore that she said, I'm the one that got away from death because she was on her deathbed. Man. And so it means something different for everyone, but it means something to everyone. So we have shirts, bags, mugs, all type of stuff on there. And, um, I think that's it for now. Yeah. I, I don't know. I got so much going on. <laughs> that, and that's good. That's good. You, you talked about the multiple streams of income and that's, and that's what it's all about. And you're doing yeah. that. How old are your other daughters? I have an 11 year old charisma, a nine year old Genesis and four year old Kai. Okay. And you know, you mentioned me and my, you said me and my husband. So it was the boyfriend in Alabama state. Now your husband. No. Oh, it no. no. Okay. No. Alabama and I'm sorry. Alabama and no, 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 no. I met him. I met him my senior year of high school. I came home. I mean, college. I came home. Okay. And I met him on a Christmas break, I think it was. Okay. And I went back to school and he pursued me. Yeah. And he's like, look, you're going to be my wife. And he was right. Yeah. So How long? Here we are. It'll be 12 years in July. Nice. Good, good, good for you. Well, Kristen, you are pretty amazing. Sister, you're okay. doing some amazing things, and I'm so glad that uh, we had the chance to connect via Skype. Uh, I'm glad you said in the email you, when you heard, uh, was it Connie Falls, when you heard her interview, you were like, she's doing Skype now. Yes, I mean, get yes. on. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that, that's what it was all about. I was very happy to be able to get the Skype connected and get it like I wanted to, to be able to interview women like you from all across the country and the, wor and the world eventually. Yes, so. the world. Say that. Yes. yes. Got to. Got to. Well, thank you so much. How can people find you. you you mentioned your website what about social media you can find me Kristen r harris k-r-i-s-t-e-n r harris you can find me on every platform with that handle okay good gotta keep it simple keep it simple mm -hmm. gotta mm -hmm. love that well Kristen r harris thank you so much for being part of the cool sore podcast we appreciate you continued success and much love thank you so much you're so welcome Kristen harris everybody Hey, I'm Kristen R. Harris. I am a midwife helping women birth dreams, and I am a cool soror of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of God Put Me Up On Game. Make sure you follow us on social media at God Put Me Up On Game and at Kristen R. Harris. We'll see you next week.